but I think we are witnessing America as a failed social experiment. And what I mean by that is that the history of black people for over 200 and some years in, in, in America has been looking at America's failure. Its capitalist economy could not generate and deliver in such a way that people could live lives of decency. The nation state, its criminal justice system, its legal system could not generate protection of rights and liberties. And now our culture, of course, is so market-driven, everybody for sale, everything for sale. It can't deliver the kind of the kind of really real nourishment for soul, for meaning, for purpose. And so when you get this perfect storm of all of these multiple failures at these different levels of the American empire, and Martin King already told us about that. When I saw those pictures there in Atlanta, you could see Martin right there in Atlanta saying, I told you about militarism. I told you about poverty. I told you about materialism. I told you about racism and all of its forms, whatever forms it takes. I told you about xenophobia. And what we've seen in America is now these chickens coming home to roost. You're reaping what you sow. And in this instant, you have Brother George where it is so clear, it is a lynching at the highest level. Nobody can deny it. And I thank God that we have people in the streets. Can you imagine this kind of lynching taking place and people are indifferent? People don't care? People are callous? You have just a few people out there with signs? I recall the moments in which during the Reagan years, there was a few of us out there. In the 60s, you had masses out there. Now you've got a younger generation of all of these different colors and genders and sexual orientations saying, we won't take it any longer. But you know what's sad about it, though, brother, at the divas level? It looks as if the system cannot reform itself. We've tried black faces in high places. Too often our black politicians, professional class, middle class, become too accommodated to the capitalist economy, too accommodated to the militarized nation state, too accommodated to the market-driven culture tied with celebrity status, power, fame, all of that superficial stuff that means so much to so many fellow citizens. And what happens? What happens is we got a neo-fascist gangster in the White House who really doesn't care for the most part. You got a neoliberal wing of the Democratic Party that is now in the driver's seat with the, with the collapse of Brother Bernie. And they don't really know what to do because all they want is show more black faces, show more black faces. But oftentimes these black faces are losing legitimacy too because the Black Lives Matter movement emerged under a black president, black attorney general, and black homeland security, and they couldn't deliver, you see? So that when you talk about the masses of black people, the precious poor and working class black people, poor and working class brown, red, yellow, whatever color, they're the ones who are left out and they feel so thoroughly powerless, helpless, hopeless, then you get rebellion. And we've reached the point now, it's a choice between nonviolent revolution. And by revolution, what I mean is the democratic sharing of power, resources, wealth, and respect. If we don't get that kind of sharing, you're going to get more violent explosions. Now, the sad thing is, in this neo-fascist moment in the White House, you got some neo-fascist brothers and sisters out there who are already armed. They show up there at the U.S. Capitol, and they don't get arrested. They don't get put down. Well, that's, that's, the president that's the extraordinary the thing. You see what I mean? You have, like, hey. you have these white weekend, 
It, you have these white weekend warriors showing up as if they're former special forces ops when they're not, uh, you know, busting into the state house, and the president praises those people, and yet everybody else is a thug to the president. He quotes, you know, a white sheriff from the South in, I, I guess it was 67 or maybe 68. I mean, that's, if you wrote that in a movie, people would say there's no way the president of the United States would quote a southern sheriff on the night that a great city in this That's country right. is is seeing you know people in the streets. Um, I mean, That's exactly right. It's but it's, keep and, in and, mind, and though, brother, also, I guess he has been that, true yeah, to himself. He's being true to himself. He's saying what he really well, feels sure. in his soul. You see what I mean? But see, we have to recognize too, because I know like Putak, like 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 Tupac Shakur, I got some thug in me. I know I've got some gangster in me. And as a Christian, I got to fight it every day. What does that mean? That means we have to call people who they are. A neo-fascist thug in the White House calls my brothers and sisters in the street thugs. So that then the question becomes, how do we keep alive moral, spiritual standards? Keep alive, stand in contact with the humanity of all of us across the board, but recognizing we're living in a moment of massive economic, capitalist economic, what is capitalist economy? Failure when it comes to delivering the needs. The nation state, failure to, to protect. Critical criminal justice system, failure to be fair, you see. And and, and the only only response we have is, uh, is Samuel Beckett, my brother. Try again, fail again, fail better. Try again, fail again, <laughs> fail better. Because That's white it. supremacy is going to be fail around better. for a long, 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 long time. Try Don't again. Surprise, this happens again. Try again. Try you again. Know, you know the great moment. In, try again. Fail again. Fail better. That's try the again, blues line of our Irish better. brother. But 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 the question is, we must fight. Even in a moment in which we have a failed social experiment, we must fight, and we must have an anti-fascist coalition against what's going on in the White House Republican Party. We have to tell the truth about the milk toast cowardly activity too often that we see among a neoliberal wing of the Democratic Party, and we must be critical of ourselves in terms of keeping alive the highest moral and spiritual standards of Martin Luther King Jr. and Fannie Lou Hamer and Ella Baker, and you see that work in the soul of Brother George Floyd's family. Dr. Cornell West, I appreciate your time tonight, and um, I uh, uh, love you, though, like brother. You, you stay more. strong, man. Thank you. So there he is, Cornel West, uh, speaking brilliantly, uh, eloquently about the situation in the United States, the racist murder of George Floyd. And he was being interviewed there by Anderson Cooper. Slightly surprised that Anderson Cooper didn't know the um, Beckett quote there. And my Irish brother, uh, Beckett there, so, yeah, um, I thought I'd share that with you. There's clearly a COVID-19 uh, connection, if you're looking for one, where black and ethnic minority populations are, uh, you know, severely um, struck by COVID-19 um, compared to uh, white populations and you know, Public Health England are looking into why that is. Um, 
I think it's clear, you know, it's been clear all along why that is, from my point of view. It's because of the institutional racism in Britain, uh, just as much as America. Luckily, we have the fucking sense of having strict uh, gun ownership laws and we don't have the uh, police carrying guns. There's still, obviously, a massive amount of racism, you know, kind of that people uh, from BAME communities have to suffer every single day in the UK. Uh, but, you know, and there are police, you know, deaths in custody as well, and deaths in cells, in police cells in Britain, you know. Uh, but, you know, fewer um, racist murders than in the States, and, yeah, so you've got a situation where if you're from a black or minority ethnic um, population, you're going to have a job which is minimum wage, zero hours, uh, you know, just insecure, you're not going to have any um, savings, you know, on average, obviously. Uh, it's very interesting, Cornell West spoke about, you know, black faces in high places. Absolutely, you know, we have to address the fact that, you know, nobody uh, tracked Barack Obama's um, rise to the presidency closer than me. And there are many things that Obama, obviously, you know, I mean, it's a totally different um, situation with Obama in the White House compared to this fucking psychopath we have at the moment, you know. But Cornel West is absolutely right. You know, Black Lives Matter happened under Obama. When he was the first black president, you had the, you know, guy in charge of justice was black. The attorney general, the attorney general was black. You think, well, what the fuck is going on here, you know? Like they didn't, they didn't do it. They didn't do it. They had their chance and they didn't do it. They didn't even come fucking close. And people are still dying at the hands of, you know, racist police officers. So, uh, interesting day in terms of, oh, by the way, my name is Pete. And this is Social Distancer. Interesting day in terms of the old, um, science versus politicians, uh, the blame game, but it's become a lot more serious than that because uh, voices, now five people before the briefing, uh, people that work um, to advise SAGE, epidemiologists who are, you know, kind of know about how to suppress viruses. They have come out and they've said, the lockdown is easing too quickly and it is not safe. Uh, the mayor of Manchester, Andy Burnham, has said the same thing. The mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, has said the same thing. And, you know, the social distancing is collapsing. The R number is perilously close to one. As I spoke about last night, uh, it's a range, you know, so in the, in the southwest, 12 days ago now, in the southwest they had estimated that the R was between 0.6 and 1.2, and they said, let's fucking call it 0.9, yeah? So, okay, fine, I mean, it may well be above one around the southwest, 
And of course, you then have to think, well, what actually does that mean? You know, um, is it the same in Bristol as it is where I live? Is it the same in Exeter as it is in Torbay, etc., etc.? You know, is it the same in, you know, rural Cornwall as it is in uh, inner city Plymouth? You know, so you've got to think, well, what does that mean? But you also have this, like, you know, five people coming out and, you know, uh, politicians with quite a lot of clout in their own uh, cities coming out and saying that lockdown is easing too quickly. And in the briefing, big news, JVT, Jonathan Van Tam, I think that's his name, said, well, it is, in my opinion, it doesn't sound anything like that. In my opinion, because of course they thought, oh, let's ask the question that Witty and Valance, this is the, I can't, I think it was, um, I'm not sure, oh, I think it was Toby Helm at The Observer. I think it was, yeah. He he thought, let's ask the question that Witty and Valance were, first of all, barred from answering for the first two goes, when Laura Kunzberg and um, Preston tried. And then finally, with Sam Coates saying, do you uh, do you agree that the uh, prime minister should be gagging uh, your answers to um, questions from journalists? And if you can't verbally respond, then just shake your head or nod your head. <laughs> I really like Sam Coates at the Times. He looks a lot like Terry Jones, and Terry Jones basically is God, like from my point of view, you know. So anyone that even looks a bit like Terry Jones goes a long way for me. Goes a long way for me. So we got, what have we got? We got JVT, as fucking Dominic Raab calls him, um, saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. In my opinion, these rules are for everyone. So there we go. Bit of a headline there. He's giving his opinion. Isn't that amazing? He's giving his opinion. He's not fucking like some spineless little prick going, oh no, I don't want to get involved in politics, even though I'm like standing next to the Prime Minister. So the Observer, again, with Toby, breaking it on, Toby Helm, breaking it on Twitter, I don't know, like half an hour ago or so. The Observer has got an opinion poll out tomorrow in the paper. And it's big news, and I think this is really going to wake them up in Downing Street. Not that Cummings is going to go, of course, but it's going to have them shitting into their cornflakes. Because, so last week, the Tories had a 12-point lead. And, you know, that's, well, I mean, you could argue, obviously that's a kind of healthy lead, yeah? But you could argue this guy had a fucking majority, 80 majority, 80 seat majority, only six months ago. Um, Bojo with the Daily Mail saying rejoice <laughs> on the front fucking page next day and well that went well rejoice and and so you think well okay six months later 12 point lead I mean yeah okay 12 point lead pretty good in the last week because of Cummings it's now down to four points and that's kind of margin of error territory, kind of, you know, it's like maybe three points is margin of error, yeah? So a, a huge, they've lost eight points in a week, you know? So that's what it means to the people of this country, this Cummings saga. Uh, 81% of people think that he broke the rules. 
68 of people percent of people think that he should resign. 66 of percent of people think if he's not going to resign, then Bojo should sack the fucker. So it's not going very well when you've got two thirds of the people thinking that you should do what you're refusing to do and thinking that your advisor should do what he's refusing to do. And you've got four fifths of people saying that they broke the rules. And this is after the negotiated statement with Durham Police saying he might have done. I mean, it's fucking bullshit. He had the fucking virus, or at least his wife definitely had the virus, and they drove up country. He thought that he might have it, and of course he did then have it. So, you know, they both had the fucking virus. They both drove up country. They didn't stay home. So that is breaking the rules. There's no question about that, you know. I went through the breaches, about five or six of them, a few episodes ago. If you want to check that out, then please do. At the moment, I'm watching... um, the uh, SpaceX launch which is good and the reason why it's good is because the um, film director Doug Lyman is there and he is thinking of well he is going to planning to make a film where Tom Cruise goes into space how mad is that this is the world in which we live I mean during you know the pandemic uh, meanwhile Space uh, launching is happening. Space launching? Is that what it's called? So anyway, listen, we've got a bit of an extended Cornell West uh, clip that I played you just then. So I'm going to do a bit of a short one. And I can... Oh, thank you. Thank you for not fucking going on and on. Thank you. That's okay. Happy weekend. This is your weekend treat. Bit of a short one. Now... Please do take your social distancing responsibilities seriously because other people are not. Uh, if you're going out shopping or going into areas where you think there's going to be lots of people, then please do wear a mask. We need to keep this um, contagion down as best we can. You know, it's on us now because the government has abandoned us and the public health messages means fuck all, you know. And well done, by the way, to those five dudes. And well done to Van Damme tonight as well. Van Damme, not Van Damme. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Well done, Jean-Claude Van Damme tonight for saying, um, you know, in my opinion, the rule is, is there for everyone. It's clear. It's clear what it is. He said that as well. It's clear what it is. And it's there for everyone. And for those guys to, like, it, it must, and it is all men so far, um, these scientists, the epidemiologists that come out of the five of them, that have come out um, criticizing the government, like clearly very um, explicitly criticizing the government over this, you know, fair dues, you know, because this is a government that has bullied the fucking BBC this week, bullied Durham police this week, and gone against the advice of Sage. There is no question about that at all. Sage are advising that it is too high, the R number, to lock, to, to ease down social distance, uh, to ease down the lockdown without social distancing being adhered to by everybody. And that's clearly not happened, mainly because of Cummings. Yep. Not fully, but mainly because of Cummings. And also not partly either. 
I'd say mainly because of Cummings, I'll fucking say it three fucking times. And you're thinking, Christ, three minutes ago, he was saying that it's going to be a short one. Now he's on one. And um, is that a Southwest thing on one? Is it a Bristol thing? Anyway. And what's the other thing? Oh, yeah. Test, track and trace and isolate. It needs to be up and running, fully operational. You want it going for a couple of weeks. That's what independent sage say. You want it going for a couple of weeks and then you start doing... I mean, obviously, you know, you want to see if the fucking idea works. You want to see that you've got all of the teething problems, all of the times when they say, oh, you didn't phone back and I never phoned back and then I couldn't get there. All of the stuff that happens when you launch a new project, project, whatever it is, you're going to have a little bit of time to get used to it and to kind of embed it all and, you know, kind of patch it up like, oh, shit, no, say that, say this, this is the best way to do things. And then when you've all got your, or when you're all sorted, then you can start to ease the lockdown. This motherfucker's going ahead. It doesn't doesn't give a shit. And even The Spectator has an article in uh, at the moment on their website saying, Boris Johnson is not fit to lead. So, you know, they call it cut through for a reason. So there we go. Um, you know, it's going to be here for a long time. And we've got to just, you know, kind of to be the best we can be in terms of working out how to, you know, deal with this. And hopefully dodge the fucker. And, you know, don't rely on anyone else. Don't rely on the strangers to get out of your way, you know? And, uh, you know, be explicit with people if you need to be. Don't worry about being rude, you know? Um, If anyone's got a problem, blame me. Say, oh, you can contact this guy and he'll tell you to fuck off. And you can, he's a nice guy. His name's Pete, by the way, not Peter. And he's uh, at Twitter. He's on Twitter. Have you heard of Twitter? Yeah, well, he says at Twitter. And he also says at Slow and Quiet on Twitter. So contact him if you've got a fucking problem with it. But in the meantime, fuck off out of my way. All right, see you later.